0: Just do my stuff. earphones, and I get I scared the shit out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just scared myself. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Crisis. <laughs>
1: <started>. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Wine and Wine, episode number five. Well, and by the way, so tonight we're talking about adult hobbies, right?
0: No,pe we are in fact not talking about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we? What are we talking about tonight? Do you have your notes up at all? I swear to God, Kathy. I swear to God. (laughs) Well, hello, I'm Kathy. And I'm Jill. And this month, we are going to chat about the only proper career path to take, which is a zigzag. Also, I did notice when I was going through our notes that we always start off our podcast with this week, we're going to talk about, which is only funny because we only post it once a month. So, apologies to anyone who just listened for- to the first four episodes, and we're like, "These are long weeks." <laughs> but you know what? Though they are long weeks. They are long weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the meandering career path—that's today's topic.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, and you know, it's interesting because I think after the Boomer generation, you know, the straight, you know, line where I'm going to work for the same company for. 50 years and then I'm going to get my pension and retire has really become less and, and less in, in our society today. I don't, I don't think I can recall. I maybe I might know two or three people that have been with the same company longer than a 15 year path.
0: Yeah. I think we both know her and her name is Carrie Lemancusa. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) Hi Carrie. (laughs) She's the only one I know. She owns IBM. Yes, I do think that the days of the straight career path are over, which I wish someone would tell our school systems because the first time my kids were asked to pick a career was in fourth grade. And from then on, they were trying to, you know, cattle shoot them in that direction. So what I have now are two baby adults who are terrified that they have to pick the rest of their lives out immediately upon graduation. So we can chat about that too.
1: We should. So if you are with the school boards and you are listening, stop it. Stop it because that is so unrealistic now, especially with the way that the world things change so fast. Our phones change on a daily basis. Right. And and we think that somebody's going to have the same career. Now maybe you might be in a similar industry, but at the end of the day, keeping one job at one company for um, for an entire career is just not realistic to think about.
0: It's not realistic at all. And trying to explain that to my my little adults is has been a challenge. To say the least, well, you know not
1: only from the perspective of just your interests might change, but even companies aren't set up for that. And the prime example is think about getting a pay raise in your company. You know, you're more likely if you want more than just your and even if your company does this, if you want more than just that regular bump for most people. They actually have to move to another company in order to get a significant bump in their pay because corporations are not set up for to really promote and grow folks within their within their own company.
0: Yes, that is true. This topic is actually on point today for me because yesterday i don't even know what day today monday at my former company dell technologies and i think at this point i can say their name without repercussions but we'll find out but yesterday they laid off or this week they laid off another five percent of their workforce which is something they started doing February 1st, and that was the group that I was in. Essentially, anybody still at Dell is either waiting for a package or they haven't done the math and don't understand that every time this happens, the workforce is smaller, so their name is going to be on a list somewhere. And weirdly for me this week, it's... It brought up some anxiety. Uh, kind of all the feelings that I had in February popped back up, which is why we know that PTSD is real. So PTSD, PTSD. Uh, my husband went through the same thing, as you know. He used to work at Dell, though he left voluntarily. His whole team that was still at Dell was decimated this week. They're gone. It was a team that he built from the ground up. So he is also having a lot of that PTSD. I've been talking to a lot of people who are going through the the fears and the anxieties now because they got their walking papers and I guess it's I mean it's good that I've been through it so I can talk to them it's interesting that at this point I don't know how many months later because I can't do math as you know (laughs) I finally feel settled and it has given me the ability to kind of talk them off the ledge and tell them how it is going to be okay that all being said it's okay for me because I got a new job finally And I say, finally, I wasn't really trying that hard. I'm, you know, I'm in a fortunate position in my life, but I got a new job. And when I tell people what I'm doing now, they first look at me and say, you're doing what? That's not at all like even like close to what you were doing before. Right. Second thing they typically say is that actually makes a lot of sense. It's the perfect job for you. Yes. Yes. So a little bit of my background and then Kathy, I'm going to let you give a little of your background background. Just so you understand how very qualified we are for this topic. (laughs) I went to school for journalism and communications and was too scared to jump into either of those pools until I did break into the newspaper business as a writer of obituaries. I lasted in that for three weeks when I was moved to classifieds, which is because I did not understand that the correct verbiage for a Catholic funeral was mass of Christian burial. And so I was just writing and writing about massive Christian burials. Lots of people are coming to this one. (laughs) This guy's popular. But instead of firing me, they moved me to something easier, which was classified ads. But through that job, I found an ad for um, a job in TV advertising. And that's where I stayed until 2008, except for a small break when I met you at IBM. In 2008, I was working in a company that had a big shift at the top and the person that was promoted from within to manager, he did not enjoy my company. He also did not appreciate women who stuck Mm -hmm. up for themselves or or stood up for themselves, I guess. Uh, So I knew that my days, there were probably going to be numbered because I might punch him in the head. And that's when I jumped from media altogether. And I went to work in technology at a company called EMC. And I really just planned to stay for a year or two, I have no doubt that I only got the job because my sister worked there. Couldn't even tell you what they were talking about on any of the meetings, but ended up staying in technology for 15 years because it was actually so much more relaxed than working in media. Yeah. And nobody seemed to care that I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) So fast forward to February. Our company had been absorbed by Dell five years ago, and Dell's been slowly picking off the legacy employees from our EMC company. My turn was February, and about three weeks ago, I signed to work with a company called Any Adventure Vacations, which I'm so excited about because it combines OCD with planning other people's lives. And I mean, that's perfect for you. Basically my whole middle name. <laughs> so that is my me- meandering career path. Tell us
1: about yours. <clears throat> Mine is not quite the zigzag yours is. I'm more of a zig and a zag, a little shizzle, I think, in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, when I went to school, I was convinced I was going to be a high school teacher and coach. Like if you look back, I was in the newspaper, and that was what it said. I was going to go to, I was going to go to school. I was going to do these things, and then so I was set on that on that path. So when you think about how kids right now are being pushed into where you have to make that decision early, I would have been good at that, yeah. as well. And I think everything I've chosen to do, and we'll kind of segue and talk about the skill sets. And how maybe the job title changed or the actual things in the job. But you bring the skill set, you bring all these skills with you wherever you go. Yes. So in, when I was in undergrad, I took some law enforcement classes and I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I get, I get out of school and I get a job as a probation officer in a, a, little, a little town called Atlanta. And <laughs> there's a little bit of crime there, as some of you might know. So it was pretty, pretty exciting. So I spent several years doing that. And I say, I did my time, if you will. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> See what I did there. I did my time and got out before my soul turned completely black. And, and, you know, that's, I think that's how, you know, and we'll talk more about this later, but I knew it was time to go, to go do something else. And at the time, it was really interesting, a time for my family too, because my, my folks had moved to Raleigh. My sister was at that point dating a guy, that I was pretty sure she was going to marry, and I was like, "I should go back. I should go back to Raleigh, just to to see." So I come. I moved to Raleigh, and I <laughs> I look in the paper for some jobs
0: back <laughs> back in, <laughs> back in back those back when some girl was writing those classified ads because you couldn't <laughs> do obituaries. Right. That's right. I read a classified ad that you probably wrote, and
1: I uh and so I I go to this interview. Now, if you remember. Classified ads were kind of vague back then, and so you almost didn't know what company you were going to go interview with at some point. So I show up in this weird office, and the woman interviewing me, Marcia, she said, <laughs> "We're talking about, you know, how did I end up in Raleigh?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm here. My dad um, retired from IBM, and he's contracting now." da. Well, I didn't realize I had said the magic word.
0: Oh. That's so
1: funny. Yeah. And so she's like, okay. And she's like, well, I don't understand how you think law enforcement translates into business. And I said, well, it obviously does. I said, um, because remember, the job description was you're going to manage a group of admins and your clients essentially going to be first line, second line managers, maybe directors. Fantastic. So in the interview, I say, actually, my skill set is perfect for this because managing admins and having, you know, I was like, it's just like managing my caseload, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And then, of course, the people I have to keep happy, right? Instead of it being like lawyers and judges and the public, the people I have to keep happy are first and second line managers at IBM. Probably harder than the regular public. Mm-hmm. I look back, now but you think it
0: was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I said the difference is in one job I carried a gun. And in this job, I'm just going to carry a pen. <laughs> it's literally just I like...
0: can't decide what the joke is there, but there's definitely one.
1: <laughs> it's all the same job. Essentially, I've just done the same job my entire life. It's just mm-hmm. been called things. That's probably what, uh, what, the, what the joke is. What the summary is? The joke is on me. I've done the same thing my entire life. I just talk to people
0: and I get paid to do it. That is why you're a Toastmaster.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We're having revelations on this uh, on this podcast today. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the, so I magically got the job at IBM and, you know,
0: did that, met you. I uh, did that for six years. I don't even remember what Marcia asked me. I think she was basically just like, do you have a pulse? Awesome. Come on in. And I was like, sure. Sounds good. We did. We needed a, we needed a body at that point. I was like, yeah. you, gotta <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to hire somebody. Yeah. That was my There's first a girl point. walking in from the parking lot. Take her. All right.
1: Well, you remember my first words to you when you first started, when you were like, I don't think I could do this. I'm like, oh, you're doing it. Oh,
0: you're going to do it. Oh, you're going to do it. You're, you're going to do it. And I'm going to assign you things that you don't <laughs> want to do. That's what I remember the most. You're going to love it, though. We're going to be great
1: friends. True. <laughs> um, and so true. what I do, I've, so, you know, I spent, again, I did my time, right? I did my six years at, uh, at IBM. And then it's just interesting how you zig and zag, too, because at that time, our contract had ended. And so I was in a position of waiting to kind of, I was looking for other jobs. And then I got a job from somebody that said, hey, Kathy, I ran into Sheila at the mall. And she said that you're available for work. Do you want to come work here and be a, um, a sales manager? And I said, yeah, I can do that. And so, um, so that's how I got my inside sales. My first inside sales manager gig was because, you know, Michelle ran into Sheila at the mall who said, you should call Kathy Crowley. And
0: and that's how she started working at the zoo company. <laughs> and that's how that was <laughs> Sorry, we were having a temperature check upstairs. Um, it's a hot upstairs. What um, inside sales, what, what job, what, who was that with? Cisco. Oh, right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: I was there for a hot minute and then left and then went to a startup so then I did Startup World, which right. is a big thing, especially in technology, and yes. got the got the startup bug. That was fantastic. So did a couple of stints of that, and um, over the last eight years, of course, I've been working in financial services, which is lovely. Like I talk to the greatest people. This is That's this is awesome. the best place to to land. I love my company. I love what I sell. I love the people I talk to. I'm just yeah. I'm in a. I'm in a super spot
0: so and it's interesting to me because i don't think i knew you were planning on being a teacher first but uh for all the teenagers that are listening to this podcast right now i'm sorry i'm sure you're doing it under duress i actually also went to college to be a math teacher was yeah. what i signed up for and then i got there and i took my first college level math class probably would have been fine if i liked the teacher but he was such a dipshit that i was like yeah i'm not doing this yeah but summary is you and i both went to become teachers Now you're working in financial services and I'm booking vacations for people. So every teenager who's listening, it's not a straight line. You need to stop thinking of it that way. I know your parents are telling you this. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly.
1: (laughs) But I got to say too, like I have met, I'm so grateful for
0: the zigzagging. I've met the coolest people. Yes. And that is, so I have two notes down um, because you mentioned something that I think is really important to note is it isn't, you know, your title or the company that you work for. It's the skills. What right. are you taking from your company in your skill set that you can apply to other companies? Right. I left technology and and for the first, you know, my first month of PTSD, I was like, my God, there are no tech jobs available right now. Like yeah. things aren't going great in tech world. But then I had, so I kind of had to reframe it. It's, I don't need to go to a tech company. What I have skills at is being a business analyst. That's right. That's the skills that I need to put on my resume. Not that I need to work in technology. So you do you take your skills with you, you also take your relationships with you. That's, and that might even be more important than the skills. It is hard to convince my children that relationships matter and they will matter forever. And I am sure you have the same experience that I do where I can be in Key West and run into someone that I met in Michigan two years ago. And yes. that's what matters. It's not your skill set. That's
1: my favorite thing now because I mean, you know, it is your
0: skill set, but it's also relation. sorry. Skills don't matter anymore either. Let those go <laughs> out the window. <laughs> it, matter. it don't matter. I I, that, I will say that's probably one of my favorite things. I, I literally know people
1: all over the world and it doesn't matter where I go to a conference or
0: whatever work setting it is.
1: I likely know somebody in that town.
0: Yes. From I another- have the same problem. It's not a problem. It's a gift. Right. right. My husband loves hearing me say, oh, we're going to LA. I know three people are please hold. <laughs> it's like a, it is a challenge for my family. Anyway, that is off topic. Um, the topic is the meandering career path and how it is terrifying to jump out of one comfortable, lovely whirlpool yeah, and into a freezing cold ice bath because you feel like you need to make a change. I think it's super important to be aware of how you feel in your current job. Yes. I think, and I say this seriously, but also lightly. I know for my, for Dell, it, it's like everyone has Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. They're so scared that they're going to get laid off that they perform. I mean, just above and beyond. They work 27 days a week because they don't want to get laid off and
1: they. No, no, but you're absolutely right. And I think that when folks are kind of job scared, then they, I don't think they can bring their best to the table. Right. When, when it comes to that, not only their best performing wise, but it also does hurt the relationships that you could have, not just at the work, but in your personal life too, because I did a little, you know, thought for the day where I, where I talked about how it's not even about anymore, a work life balance. I think that what we're all just truly seeking is balance, right? You know, there's sometimes like things are really busy at, at my job right now. And so, you know, so there's a lot more time off of the nine to five. We have a lot of folks in our company that are putting in a lot of hours because we're in a really great place and we're busy, and so and that that will ebb and flow. And then there's sometimes when it's not as busy, and then you get to you know work more on your hobbies or (laughs) get his hobbies in, gonna get them in, or you know whatnot. So I think that's all we want. It's just a balance. And I mean, I like being busy, so being busy is fine with me. And, you know, being able to just kind of have the balance that's right for you. And so to stop looking for, and I think we should stop calling it the work-life balance and just say, just have balance in your life.
0: Yeah, you just want balance.
1: And I and I think the zigzag kind of life of going through different careers allows that. Because I think when you were, I think for the folks that were on just that one path, that was all, that was all they thought about. And they could have had, there could have been maybe more and different and perhaps better experiences folks are open to to doing you know some different things well
0: and and i think I- something you said earlier i'm just going to take over. i'm just kidding <laughs> something you said earlier about having to leave a company to increase your salary that's mm-hmm. a very real thing yep. it's typically not your current company's fault they're just guided by whomever is saying you know it's three percent a year and that's it right but if you go to another company doing the same exact task they might bring you in at 12% more. And if you do that for a year, you probably can go back to your old company and now you've increased 15% because you took yeah. a year off, uh, which I think is interesting. I do think we tend to get stuck where we are because it is terrifying to start something new. I think the reason for that, and this is part of you know what I mentioned in the opener, is because kids, kids today, <laughs> damn it, no, this <laughs> is not their fault. From the get-go, uh, I've got to get them into a Montessori school because this is the start of their career path. Right. No, they're going to eat Play-Doh and take naps. Right, they're four. that's what they're going to do this year. And when they get to kindergarten, they're going to learn how to read. You don't—they ha- don't have to know how to read it too. Right. Like they're probably still not going to be a doctor. Right. So yeah, I was shocked in fourth grade when my son came home with a piece of paper saying, "You know, what are your career goals?" Like he doesn't have career goals. We're just trying to get him to like aim for the t- for the toilet bowl. <laughs> right. Like that's it. That's his goal. That's his <laughs> career goal. Okay, well, let's take a break and get a word from our sponsor. I'm kidding. Nobody would pay for this. For today's noncer, I wish I could
1: remember the actual name of this because there's not a name on the product itself. But for those of you that have seen my other product demos, this will uh, ring a bell with you. This is the egg thingy. And by egg thingy, not where you're cooking your eggs, but you know how when you make deviled eggs and you have to go peel the eggs, or you just want to have um, a regular egg. Well, sometimes peeling your egg can be not the most fun thing. So what this does, and we'll put a link at some point to my other recorded video, is you put a little bit of water in the bottom of this. You put the lid on. And now I'm going to hold this up to the microphone so you can hear it. Because I'm
0: going to shake it. uh, It must be already hard-boiled. It is, yes. Okay, that's That's why why it's not exploding exploding everywhere. everywhere. Sorry.
1: I know, you can already see. See how the shells come off of it already? Yeah. So now it makes peeling your egg, like instead of spending hundreds of hours, and now my egg and it just slides right off. And now I have my peeled egg, and now I can cut it for my deviled egg or merely have it as my
0: my snack. That's perfect. Because I know we've talked about deviled eggs. We should get a sponsor from deviled eggs at this point. Is there a thing like Egg Lens Fast? Do you have a deviled egg department? Because we love yeah. deviled eggs on the show. But the two things I hate most about deviled eggs is one, trying to get our deviled eggs. Hard boiled eggs is one, boiling them the correct yes, yes. two when you're trying to peel them and you get a an eighth of an inch at a time yes and you're your fingernails in and then by the time you're done it looks like you have like a mini loofah and
1: yes, yes. whereas this one is perfect, i'm not interested perfect i'm ready to go so now i can slice it take the innards out to make the gooey uh the best part of the deviled egg and put these in my deviled egg maker i just
0: realized that we now sound like we're 80 because we have now done <laughs> multiple Recommendations on deviled eggs, and that's fine. We are available to come to anybody's picnic.
1: Yes, I will bring you. time I love making them, mine are pretty good. I do get rave reviews at uh family Do you, have, a, do you have the plate where the little plate that has the 12? Why, oh, am, I even, why am I even asking you this? First of all, I, if you recall, I own everything that Pampered Chef makes under the, oh, yes. the mark. so, yeah. So, the cool thing about the Pampered Chef one, oh, I just non sir, uh, adjacent. Sure non so adjacent is the the one from Pampered Chef because here's what's cool about that. On one side, it's got the the divots in it for your deviled eggs and the other side is flat. And so on the flat side, you can put the inner, some. that comes with some other parts you put in it for um sh- you know, charcuterie, not charcuterie, but what's it called? Crudite? Cr- uh, Vegetables.
0: Crudité? Is that when you take over our government? I can't remember.
1: <laughs> no, that's a coup. That's a coup. Oh, that's a coup. We're not doing a coup. Crudite. And then, but what's also nifty is that in the middle of it is a liquid. So when you know you're going to make deviled eggs, you put that you put that in the in the freezer, and that way you can take your deviled eggs to a party, and they're not. It's not. They'll stay cold because it's oh, frozen. It. Yeah, it's pretty nifty. Yeah. So I got this from. Uh, I got this from CVS. It was in the as seen on TV aisle. It's. So I think dangerous. it's. Called, oh, I think it's called Easy Egg. And like I said, it just helps peel the eggs. It even kind of looks eggy if you take a look at look at it. So we'll link to that at some point too, to my original, my original video that I did during the, during the COVID.
0: Well then I'm writing that down. I forgot I'm supposed to be, ta- I'm supposed to be making the show notes as we go. <laughs> show note one, easy egg. <laughs> show <laughs> note two, tell Kathy what we're talking about. <laughs> She's got an egg in her mouth now, people. It's over. <laughs> it's over. I'm having an egg. Show note three, find an answer that doesn't represent us as the golden girls. That's (laughs) not true. Own it. Not one. As always, thank you, Kathy, for bringing something else I clearly don't need to my attention so I can buy it immediately after the show. Listeners, if there's a link to be found, we'll put it in the episode notes. But now, back to Wine and Wine. We're just trying to get him to, like, aim for the the toilet bowl. (laughs) Like, that's it. (laughs) That's his goal. That's his career goal. <laughs> All right. I think we filled it out the first year. And then when we saw what the school was doing with the information and how they were starting to, at four, fourth grade, trying to guide them into classes that would help the career goal that they picked out in fourth freaking grade, we didn't we didn't fill out the form anymore. We would just send it back and said his goal is to keep being a kid for a little longer. Yep. Now, yes, when they get to high school, you do have to start asking that question. But again, do we have to ask it in such a black and white way like this decision is going to shape the rest of your life where you go to college and that is pushed on everybody you're going to college kids you don't have to go to college you have to do other things but you know there's this pressure to pick what they are doing instead of what they are doing next that's the question and they're actually i even though i hate to admit this the the valedictorian at uh, nc state this year did a fabulous speech on what are you doing next Yes. That's the question to ask. I need to link it in the show notes because even though it's not a Tar Heel, uh, it was still very well done. Um, <laughs> fine. It's fine. I love that of what you're, what you're doing next. I think that is
1: so healthy. It's such a different, just a healthier approach to, to life versus this one path. And I wish that the guidance counselors would ask, I wish they'd asked back then. And I wish they would, if they're not already doing it, do it and ask,
0: what are you good at? Mm-hmm. And what, What are you good at and what makes you happy? What makes you happy? Right? I mean. I don't know if they can ask that because I don't, I don't know. I guess I've lived with teenagers for too long because their answer is always like
1: nothing. (laughs) Just want to sleep until noon.
0: I'm good at gaming. I don't want to chores. I'm not
1: interested. (laughs) Every job has chores.
0: (laughs) Well, it's hard too, because you even, when you try to guide these kids, these guys keep saying that. You, you guys hey you're awesome i saw you like when i go visit my son at the pool he's a lifeguard and i say like you are great with kids yeah he immediately thinks i'm telling him that he has to be a teacher or a coach like, yeah. i'm just literally just telling you you're great with kids that's it yeah so I'm they're really, always thinking that this angle is coming yeah i'm just trying to give you some words of affirmation that's all i'm
1: trying to do right, right i went completely off the rails there i'm back <laughs> i'm back now
0: <laughs> i don't know i think that's important though what 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 are you good at what what makes what are it you good at what are you doing next and maybe the question maybe when someone asks me you know what do you do for a living maybe the response is well right now i'm a travel agent yeah it's not my career i'm not getting a gold watch at the end of this i have never you know i'm an odd duck in that i have never been interested in having a career or a career path uh i know a lot of people in I mean many of the companies that I worked with, you know, it's like, okay, I finish a year in this position, I want to not upgrade. I want to get promoted to the next level and then the next level after that and eventually I'm going to run the whole thing and I'm more of a workhorse, you know, I'm happy just kind of being in the trenches and 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 digging through it. So I guess maybe that's why it's easy for easier for me to take that meran- meandering I should have picked an easier word. <laughs> <laughs> that meandering career path. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I'm probably the opposite of you in that way. Like I really thought I was going to do one thing. I was going to do it forever. And it was really hard to switch career. It was very hard for me. It was really hard. I really struggled with that. And then I struggled again. Like I had to really understand. I just didn't really understand the tech layoff thing and companies that go in and out of business, you know, because I'd been on just a whole nother world where there's just some jobs that always exist. Right. There's always going to be police and there's always going to be like, that's always going to exist. And so I, it was such a big change for me to go into something that, I mean, I was six years at IBM. I could, I would have done that forever. And then Mm -hmm. there's like, well, well, um, we've enjoyed your time here. Thanks for coming.
0: (laughs) Thank you for coming. I I mean, I suppose what tied people to companies, you know, in in our parents' day was the pension. Right. Honestly, I don't even know if that exists anymore unless you work for the state. I, I think that's, must be the only place unless it's uh I, yeah
1: and so I, I gotta tell you I was so I was caught off guard yeah I was caught off guard and I mean I had not I don't even think I had started officially looking for another position when I when somebody was like oh yeah I t- saw Sheila at the mall I, I don't know what I would have done like I was just I I felt like I was just I was so stunned and I was just lucky enough that I had enough cash saved up where I didn't have to do anything within a two-week period because I I I probably was just, like, stunned for a few weeks. Right. You know, before you know, going uh, to the next one.
0: Yeah, there was no whisperings of that one before it happened. It just no. happened.
1: Yeah, it just happened, you know. So.
0: <laughs> I knew, I mean, with my um, release from Dell, I knew it would be, I knew it would be coming eventually. I was naive because I worked on the Fed side and I was the only one in the U.S. So I'm, which was by contract, we had to have someone in the U.S. So I thought that would probably keep me yeah. sitting there until the end. Yeah. However, that was not the case. <laughs> so, <laughs> so while I wasn't surprised, it's still, it's a blow to think that any, like they can go on without me. <laughs> how, how dare you? I
1: I probably have done a thought for the day on that too, of just really, because it is really hard, especially in that kind of situation to not completely turn inward and just be like, well, what's wrong with me? Oh, let's not, let's not, (laughs) let's not uncover that, but uh, (laughs) let's not go down that rabbit hole. I I don't want to open that can of worms. (laughs) what's wrong with me? But it I mean, I think you do have to get to a place where you just kind of realize too and be comfortable and nobody's comfortable with change. That's I think that's the other thing too. Like inherently we want to I mean okay, we we just kinda want things to especially when they're going okay, right? There's nothing wrong, this is going okay, maybe it's not great. Like I liked that job. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. It was a struggle to go to that job. It was consistent. But it was consistent. I knew what to expect. You know, I didn't didn't love it. It wasn't like what I dreamed of doing, right? I didn't dream of collecting timesheets every Friday and having to go to eight different buildings to do it with people that reluctantly were handing me things, even though they were going to get paid for it. But anyway, down that rabbit hole. So (laughs) it's amazing why I didn't like that. So there was, uh, you know, there's some reading though, that I think I probably did not, not with that job, but probably soon after that, there's a book called Who Moved My Cheese. Yes. And I, and I think once and I still I have to tell you, I mean, it's it's a bedside kind of book because there's sometimes where you have to kind of look through it and be like, are you going to be hem and haw? Are you going to be, you know, scurry? Like, are you going to see the writing on the wall? I mean, there's just so many little nuggets you can take from that book in particular, especially about change and supposedly change in your career.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, the hem and haw and am I going to suck it up? Yeah, we kind of get trapped in these positions. Because, well, one, the benefits, we think, gosh, if I leave this company where I have four weeks of vacation, I'm going to have to backtrack to two weeks of vacation. You know, that was never an issue when you and I were just starting out because it was just a flat two weeks. Like, you didn't get extra weeks the longer you stayed. I think what I, you know, what we tell our kids and what I think a lot of people need to understand is that's a freaking negotiating item. Absolutely. Like, when you accept a job, they want you to come there. Don't just say yes. Tell them yes with two more weeks of vacation. Yeah. One of the things that... I think I realized quickly after I got let go was that Dell didn't really owe me anything. But for so long, I thought, I guess I thought that I, I owed them my presence because I did learn so much there. And that's what made it hard for me. I should have picked up the classifieds months and months before, if not years, but I felt like my being there was important to Dell. Yeah. And I learned that it wasn't important at all to Dell. It was important to my manager and coworkers. Those are the relationships right. that I've taken with me. Yes. Yeah. But as far as Dell goes, I'm just a resignation letter. Well, I wasn't. I could have been. It would have just been a resignation letter that went in some file somewhere. Right. Right. And that, that would have been it. That would have been the end of it. Yeah. I think that, you know, that's what we're trying to teach our kids is they define their own careers. Mm-hmm. And I use careers very loosely. Uh, because I do think it should be a zigzag. I mean, it's great if it's not, you know, hey, sure.
1: But well, think, you, um, like, if you are, if you are so inclined in the trades, and that is a path that you can do forever, uh, I have to tell you, i Mike from, you know, one of the things that Mike from, you know, Dirty Jobs talks about is really the reemergence, um, what never should, it shouldn't even have to be a reemergence, but what should always have been really highlighted for folks is what what kind of skills do you have? What do you like doing? Because does that translate into plumbing and electrician and mechanic? I mean, think about all the people in your life that say, I can't find a good mechanic.
0: Right. There's so many options.
1: Right. I mean, have you ever tried to get a plumber at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon? Yeah. Uh, and so just getting, like, I think understanding, I wish there was more pr- just, more emphasis put on what, what are you good at? What is going to, what can make you happy as well? And I know this is unpopular opinion, but you know, we, you, we do have to make, we do have, you have to make a living. We have to make a living. Like you have to, you have to make a living, right? I have to make a living. Like I don't, yes. I don't have, I don't come from generational wealth where I just, where I can't, can't work. Like that's just not my path, right? That wasn't, that's not my path. So I have to make a living. I pay all the, I pay all the bills. I pay everything for my life. And so, and I think as you know, and especially even when you first go out on your own, just being able to make your own way, and I think it's important for your self esteem too. Like do something every day that you can be that you can be proud
0: that you do. Right. You it's know? true. And if you're not, make a left. Right. Right. Not or a right. A left. <laughs> or a right. Make a right. Okay. Make a right.
1: <laughs> or a left. Either way. Or I know people that have had to, that have turned around and gone back you know what, yes. that last location was better. Maybe I should, I can do that too. And I so agree. going back, also not a bad thing, but I do think the net of it is that getting comfortable with change and that zigzag. And I just maintain that it's it's what's made, I think a big part of what's made my life interesting is yes. being able to pick up new skills along the way and the different types of people that I've gotten a chance to get to know and meet and work with and be friends with never would have happened had I just stayed in one thing all the in time in Atlanta
0: yeah <laughs> I looked up the average number of jobs in a lifetime oh. for uh for people which the stats are that men typically have more jobs than women do which actually makes sense because women have to birth you know take time off or you know if they have maternity leave um, typically they're the ones that stay home and run the house because we're better at it right on average do you want to guess at the number how many, uh, it's actually the, the difference is slim between men and women. So how would, how many jobs on average would you say people have in their in the, lifetime? In
1: number of jobs? I'm going to mm-hmm. say, cause I've not looked up the stats. So I'm going to say 12. It's
0: 12. Shut your mouth. Want to know what else is really weird? I wrote down all the different jobs that I've had.
1: Oh my God. Do you have 12?
0: 12. It's 12. <laughs> I have not added my new one though. So I'm up to 13 now. <laughs> i'm sure i missed a couple you probably did but i the ones that i missed i probably have made up for it by writing that you know i my first job was mowing people's lawns i was gonna
1: say does that count like
0: does like is that also counting like i was a bartender and i waited tables and i was a lifeguard right and all of those things yeah so and maybe that's the number i need to show my kids yeah because right now I have one child that has has had one job, which is great. He's a lifeguard. It's a, a really go-to great job. Mm-hmm. I love it. I have it. another child that uh, she took a different approach to work where she would like work somewhere for three weeks and then, and just never go back. So she's had more jobs. She's already had her 12. But it hasn't <laughs> been 12. <laughs> <laughs> And so maybe that's just it. Maybe that's what I should be telling my children is not only are you not going to have a straight line of a career path that you're going to pick the second you receive your high school diploma, you're probably going to have more than 10 jobs through your lifetime. So stop stressing about where you're going next year. Stop stressing about how you're, you know, what you're doing after you get out of college and just know that it's literally just a temporary station in your life. Yeah. and, And if it's not great. Probably will be temporary, and yeah. everything that comes after it is going to come because it's something you want to do and something you looked for. Which I think is—I is, have to tell you—I landed in tech. I don't—I didn't
1: search for it. I landed there, and I think that's also what's different. I feel like like the kids that I talk to, I just feel like they have a little more world awareness too of things that are happening in the world and and thinking about oh, with what maybe drawing some correlations there between what they should. You know try to think about doing with their skill set in some of those genres versus i just feel like i was i just i, I landed there
0: <laughs> i think i do think the the universe nudges you yeah i no bad. matter who you've been or who god <laughs> flying spaghetti monster whomever so flying spaghetti you're gonna land where you're supposed to land so yeah. <laughs> do you think we solved anything today I, yeah, I think we
1: solved something on every one of them. We, there's something in every single one of these that resonates with somebody. I hope so. Even if it's only that one person, Peter Onsbacher, that gets something from these, then I think we've done our job
0: as yes. podcasters. Uh, we need to figure out when Peter's coming on. Oh, maybe we- might- Peter, Peter, can you come for adult hobbies? Just <laughs> write it in the comments. Next month, we are actually going to continue the topic of taking the meandering path. Uh, And we actually had a guest request for the first time, which is so exciting because we've literally basically just birthed this podcast two days ago. So that's awesome. So the person, Jocelyn Flowers, is going to join us to talk about taking the meandering path with your actual home. Jocelyn is someone I met on the stepmom circuit when I was uh, pimping my book and Loved her instantly. She lived in California and in recent months has packed up her entire family and moved to the great state of North Carolina. Awesome. And I asked her to come join us. She always talks about stepmom stuff. I said, not this time, lady. We're going to talk about how you packed your family and you all moved them.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: It's not going to be that dramatic. But it is a topic that we should talk about because sometimes you do have to uproot your whole life just to start over somewhere new. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I know you've done it. And now, listeners, you know, you're not alone, and you too can do it. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting to have um, a guest on
1: for our next session, and that's that's just such a great topic. And so thank you everybody
0: that that tunes in and listens to us. Yeah. All four of you. You guys are great. All right. do have some breaking news before we stop completely. We are up to an audience size. I think that's people that actually subscribe to us, right? I don't know. Me neither. It's two. Oh no, I'm lying. In the last seven days, we have two listeners, Spotify followers up to nine. That's Nothing. people who actually follow us on purpose. Double digits. Reveal yourselves. We want to know who you are. <laughs> Average plays per episode, eight. So one of our followers is not doing their job, but that's fine. All time plays, forty nine.
1: I think close big we, time.
0: Are we influencers?
1: We're, nine people listen to us on a regular basis, we're influencing people's lives. All
0: right. Well, I got to clear some space in my closet for all the uh, merch that's about to be sent to me. No at oh, I'm going to update my LinkedIn profile right now. Perfect. All right. Great. Influen- we'll, uh, we'll chat next month. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us on this month's episode of Wine and Wine. Wine and Wine. The first yes. episode that we've recorded where I was actually drinking wine and I don't think it showed at all so that's good wine and wine is part of barlow productions and is created by kathy crowley and me jill barlow check out kathy's thought for the day on all the socials under at kathy crowley one head over to her youtube channel for videos related to our noncers and more that's kathy with a k and crowley with a c and the number one learn more about me jill at jillbarlow.com that's jill with a y follow my blog at whichwaysup.com and grab a copy of What to Expect When You Weren't Expecting at your favorite online bookstore. And yes, I am far too young to have written a best-selling memoir, but my life was too hilarious not to. Until next time, that's Wine and Wine.